Hello world and welcome to One Frame Off. This is Jess. I'm Brody. Hello, Rose here. And today we are going to be talking about the best and worst video game movies. Mm-hmm. Or and are there any good ones actually? <laughs> We're going to be deep diving into some of our personal favorites, um the and best that we can worst. and some of the worst. Um, we've all got bad movies that we like, though, and I, yeah. I think that's mainly what this list is going to be. Mm-hmm. With I like traditionally, it's all bad stuff, but we we have some stuff that we like, <laughs> and some some we're just never getting that time back. No, no. <laughs> Thanks we've, for taking the one for the team on that one. Yeah. Brody. So just a little context. We uh, I I drew the short straw, and for my re- I was the researcher, and the. Top thing on the docket was watch the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the movie that almost killed the Mario franchise. Which if I had to describe in one word, probably dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord. But how were the practical effects? <laughs> you know, I'll give it credit because it's 1993. It ain't no Jurassic Park. And that's just like the worst part. Like it looks expensive for what it is. Like some like there's so much money got lost on that. <laughs> All those coins just right down the drain. All, All right. Those. Well, since we're um already talking about Mario, do you want to go ahead and give us uh your you watched it last night? Go ahead and talk about it, Brody. Give us like, your synopsis. So after taking a sip of your drink, though. Oh yeah. Oh gonna, yeah. yeah. Of your drink to talk about this. Oh, yeah. Really, I, I really need, quick, I actually. I need to drink and forget this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, really. really quick, guys, what are we drinking today? Mm. Uh, I got uh, I got a party pack from Kona and got their. Uh, uh, I'm not even. I'm, I'm going to sound like a buffoon pronouncing that. Uh, Kua Bay. <laughs> it's not even that hard. It's just like two vowels and it's just destroying my brain right now. No, it's not the beer. It's the movie. It's the movie. Yeah, it's the not movie. the beer. It's, it's the, the movie. movie. The movie made me dumb. I, <laughs> I devolved watching it. I'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm drinking an IPA from Kona Brewing. I love those guys. Rose, what are you sipping on today? I've got naturally Masida Artifact. Feels like home. Okay. What's another New England beer for Rose today? Um, I am drinking... Uh, We've got a local North Carolina one here today, guys. Got the Car Hop Cherry Limeade Sour from yeah. Compass Rose that I'm drinking today. All right. Which is a local Raleigh beer. Hell yeah. Don't know how she can drink that, but... Uh, Hell yeah. We got our representative in Raleigh. Gross. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you I, know, I on that one. They're an acquired taste, and I'm very passionate about the them. The movie definitely put me in a bitter mood. I'm just like... We'll <laughs> be we'll drinking nothing but IPAs for a week I I've been so angry after all... <laughs> It turned me into the Hulk. I'm just a cynic now who, who <laughs> just despises everything. Professor Hulk. All right, Brody. Right, yes. okay. Professor Brody. Educate okay. us on why it was so bad. Well, let's start right at the beginning with the movie. Um, it starts with a woman being chased down, going to an orphanage, and dropping off. And dropping off. And this is the backstory for Princess Daisy. Which so she just like is dropping off this baby. Uh, it's just a giant egg that hatches with a baby in it, and a bunch of nuns are around it, like in a very specific lighting to make it look like a some sort of a ritual. Oh my! <laughs> is Lord. it like a Yoshi egg? 
It's just like very giant white dinosaur egg. Okay. Oh yeah, no wait. That's Yoshi egg. That's disappointing. I right forgot. That's that. actually not how it starts. It starts with uh, Bob Hoskins as Mario giving an introduction on dinosaurs. <laughs> and it's just like back in the day there were so many dinosaurs and then a meteorite hit it and they all died. Or and he's just like, what if that opened up another dimension that was in the center of the earth and dinosaurs were still alive? And I'm like... Land of the Lost I'm, for Mario. I'm just thinking, sitting there like, wouldn't that be nice, Bob Hoskins? Wouldn't that... It would be nice, you know. So the Mario brothers, which actually aren't brothers in the movie... <laughs> They're not? What? No, they Do go they still in. They the same names. The, well, I'll get to... I'll, okay. They make, a, right. they make a joke about that later. I'm sorry, a, a Super Mario Brothers movie. Super Mario Brothers. They're not even brothers. Not e no, uh, in this in this um, provocative, controversial move, <laughs> uh, Luigi is Mario's adopted son and apprentice. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's like they bring it up in a double date where it's just like they so Daisy and Luigi meet up and they have a double date and it's like oh I never knew my parents i would they just left me the stone and luigi's like i never knew my parents either I, I just had mario all my life he adopted me i mean to be fair mario has always been the big brother for luigi so he does seem older too yet yeah, and i know brothers. he's shorter but he does seem a lot older i mean that's the that's kind of the point though like he's the older brother and luigi's the younger brother yeah. well so i'm saying it's like it's feasible for like oh i'm old you know I don't know why that's important for the story. To adopt him as his son, though. Yeah. And, it, like, you can definitely tell, like, there is an age difference in between the actors. I forget the person who plays Luigi, but I just remember Bob Hoskins as Mario, because who could forget that? <laughs> um, but he is definitely, like, a like a late 20s guy, and uh, Bob Hoskins as Mario is, like, a... Like late forties. John Leguizamo is Luigi. Thank you for that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for verifying that. Yes, all I can think of now is like Romeo and Juliet. Aww. Oh god. That's a that's for another episode. Uh, but yeah, so the Mario Brothers who do some actual plumbing in this movie. So what? I bonkers. Plumbers. Could you believe Plumbers it? Plumbers in a actual movie about two plumbers two brothers oh wait they missed that part um, <laughs> at least they got that like this the first part second part they're oh. plumbers dude yeah the whole franchise they're fucking plumbers there's a real mishmash of like things that they're like faithful to and some that they're just very like I'm surprised focused. that that the nintendo let that go like how much shit they let slide i yeah, like, they definitely did not understand the assignment of this movie and, like, what Mario is about. But, um, so, during a plumbing j job, Daisy, the, uh, I guess, just, just digging up dinosaur bones, like, hey, can you fix this She's up? She's a paleontologist? Okay, score one for one. Score one for just Daisy. Just one, just one point for this film. Mm -hmm. she's a paleontologist i'll get behind that they definitely bring that up where it's just like there's like some evil rich man trying to shut things down it's like who's the man responsible and then daisy walks out and it's like i am but yeah um so that that happens they go through a tunnel daisy gets kidnapped and then they have to go to 
the other dimension that was blown into existence from the meteorite or whatever the fuck. Um, and from there, they are in the Mushroom Kingdom, but not like... Okay, just close your eyes and then picture the Mushroom Kingdom from like all the Mario games you've played. What Describe that to me. Um, it's round and colorful and like bouncy and castle. Yeah. Nothing like that. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) It's underground, always nighttime, dank as hell, covered in fungus. Uh, all the people are assholes and they just walk in and Luigi says, we're not in Brooklyn anymore. (laughs) Please tell me they say that. They absolutely say that. Have I lied about any of this yet? Is that um is that like the tagline on the the VHS? <laughs> We're not in Brooklyn anymore. I it might as well be. Um, I would have to say though, like if Magic Kingdom were a real place, I or Mushroom Kingdom, like if it actually existed in our reality, yeah, it probably would be underground, covered in fungus, and filled with assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask a question that I bet everyone's asking me: Where the fuck is Peach? Oh yeah. The movie focuses heavily on her cousin, her cousin, her friend, or are they cousins? I think they're cousins. I right? thought they were just buds. They're like frenemies, you know? Frenemies. Okay. Where the fuck is Peach? Because we're focusing so much on Daisy. I'll answer that right now. Uh, <laughs> she gone. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't mean like this. Like she was no! there. And then she... Your princess is in another castle, Rose. Oh, <laughs> your princess is in a better movie. Yeah. yeah. The one coming out soon. Yeah, but um, they wanted uh, the real love connection between Luigi and Daisy. I like that. That is a very good notion. That's a very understated notion. Too. It's understated, but it really just it's kind understated, of is but the mark. doesn't really need to happen. And also, yeah. FYI, yeah. Daisy was Mario's girlfriend first. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Apparently, Mario, the sto- like the original story is. Sorry to segue off into this. The original story is like, ah, Mario kind of gave up on Peach, goes hmm. to a different part of the Mushroom Kingdom, comes across Daisy, they start dating. However, somewhere in the lore, it got switched where it's like, Mario gets back with Peach and Luigi gets with Daisy. So it's well, a very Everybody loves a blonde, you know? Everyone, yeah. like, it's a highly understated, like, romantic connection it's very much like more than they really need for mario because like mario as a game is like there's not really a narrative there (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) i mean her peach's original name was princess toadstool so yeah (laughs) for everybody who's asking why i laughed my dog makes the best derp face in the world oh yeah she just pops that little tongue out and just stares at you and sometimes it's way too much for me to contain myself. She's so cute. Sorry. Let's continue. It's all right. I'll put up a picture of Gertie now so everyone can be in on it. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, oh, look at that. Look at that face. I know. It's, it's rough. It's <laughs> she makes the best derp face. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's the highlight of this conversation. Yeah. So Luigi is interested in Daisy and I kind of felt like like the dynamic of Mario and Luigi wasn't really like what we think of it now, where it's just like Bob Hoskins the whole time is like comic relief, but he's supposed to be the protagonist. Yeah, so I, I we're just rooting for Luigi the whole time. He, he's a, he's the actual like smart one. 
I mean, that's the point of Luigi's that's like Haunted fairly Mansion, fairly though. true. Like yeah, throughout the games as well. That's the I, point of Luigi's Haunted Mansion, though, is to highlight Luigi, even right. though he's like terrified as hell. He wants to save his friends and he wants to save his brother. Mm-hmm. I why not make the movie Luigi's Haunted Mansion? Why well, is... Luigi's Mansion didn't exist then. Ugh, that's such that, that's such a tragedy. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Luigi... Like, there's they're gonna they're if they're if this next like uh the next Mario movie like actually takes off, I could definitely see them doing that. They should. They should. Anyways. Oh yeah. Um. I. Uh, what happened after that? So it's just a bunch of bullshit for a while. Uh, they get chased around into the city, go into a desert, and then back to the city. And the whole time, like, it Bowser is there, but he's but his name is Koopa, which is like King Koopa. I yeah. Guess. So it's not Bowser. It's King not Koopa. Bowser. So like I should mention too that he is like, not human, but humanoid. I hate that. He, it, he, he, and, <laughs> And it, I, I hate so much of this film. So the whole idea is that, like, oh, since everyone's evolved from reptiles into sort of like a humanoid thing, so it went from like, oh yeah, I was, I was my millions of years ago, we were T Rexes, and now I'm Bowser or Koopa, and I'm just taking over, taking over everything. Um, yeah, he's weird. He's kind of got like the Lisa Simpson haircut. If if someone who knows what I'm talking about, they know. How about we just pop it up right here? Yeah, pop insert, it up. I know insert it, picture. It's very ugly. I'm going to put a picture of Gertie next to it. Oh, goodness. You are right. Oh, my God. Yeah, there it is. How in the hell is that supposed to be um, Bowser? A reptile. So I forgot. Oh, yeah. Well, there he is. I saw a picture of him with like a tongue out. He's trying <laughs> to freak out Daisy. And he's got like the straight up like viper tongue to it. Ugh. Yeah, I know, right? Oh yeah, and the Goombas—that's over there too. Yeah. Oh my God. The Goombas—they're like rep. They're—they're they're not even reptile people. They're just—they're people with reptile heads. Like the whole like Goombas are just like the Mushroom Kingdom people that were devolved or de-evolutioned back into like a primitive thing. And there actually is a part where Koopa goes up to the like surface world and zaps a guy with a ray and turns him into a monkey. <laughs> Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Oh my God! For they were the setting audiences. that up. Wait, no. The the guy's name was like something Scapelli, like something very oh, Italian, Brooklyny. But now that I think about it, if his last if his last name was Kong, oh my God! Why didn't Diddy we write Kong. this shit? <laughs> oh my God! Just brought up a big ass picture of what. Brody is talking about. It's not great. I don't feel like editing in another picture, so you just gotta take Basically my word on it. Basically, take like the reptile people from Doctor Who, except put a Joker smile smack dab in the middle of her face. Yeah, and make and it that's like what they you look get. like Uncle Fester lizards. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly that what they look exactly like. Exactly what so it is. So whatever the fuck, there's a bunch of bullshit uh daisy sta- daisy was actually like born there and she's the princess of the what? land but her father was turned into a giant fungi so that way <laughs> king toadstool is he a fun guy uh, he, he's very slimy uh well i mean we have if we can't get peach let's just get her there actually is like dad. there actually is like one scene where it's like he goes back to being human sitting on his throne it's like oh cool. well okay those are some cool guys, those Mario brothers. 
And it's just, it's like, why did that have to happen? Why does so many of the, what the things in this movie have to happen? Lord! Yeah, right. but like, Mario and Luigi, like, on paper, aren't cool. And that's why they're cool. I think they're pretty rad. I like I don't them. know. I, well, to be fair, we talked about this in the Halloween episode. I, I do like Luigi's Haunted Mansion, so I do like Luigi to an extent. I think he counters Mario, who's just like this blank slate of like joy. I also like appreciate how like Mario's all gun ho and brave, and then you have the very scared sibling, and the brave one's always like, "You can do it! I believe in you!" And Yippee. then when when he's like pushed against a wall, he'll come through. Yeah, I They're like the that. yin and the yang. Yeah, but all I'm saying is, if you saw those guys at a party, you wouldn't go up and talk to them right away. I mean, I would. No, you wouldn't. No. Would be at a party. Yeah, no. Rose, you would not. You would what not. You, you would be in the corner with me. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I was at a party with you. That's even better. If I had Brody, that's really there, sweet. Oh yeah. I would. If I had Brody with me, or you know, any of my other friends, great. But if I was at a party alone, I'd probably talk to some of the other stragglers and loners. Mm-hmm. You know. Luigi would be in the corner. You would sort of see each other from a distance. I'd probably give him a tiny little wave, hello, and then we'd go back to ignoring each other's nah, existence. Louis, Luigi would just run away after that. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> I'd, I'd ignore his Mario. existence. Mario? Mario would be Mario. doing a keg stand. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he would do a keg stand. He would backflip into a keg stand and then get a one-up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and Luigi would like be running over, Mario, Mario. Peach and Daisy would be taking vodka shots with Diet Coke chasers in the kitchen. Oh, and of course, you got Bowser as their ultimate um, party pooper. Well, believe it or not, person. actually, no, Bowser's a really good DJ. DJ. Yeah, he would be the DJ. That's um, what I say, the ultimate yeah. DJ. Yeah, Bowser would be the ultimate DJ. Ab- right. Absolutely. You know, I do, you do know from Odyssey, he knows how to throw a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I know, I'm sure. But yeah, you were saying the Mario movie almost like destroyed the actual Mario franchise. Yeah, it did so badly that mm. people were like, uh, audiences were basically, yeah, no. This this is one of the reasons why it took us so long to have like standalone Mario games. Because you have Mario Party, yeah. then you also have... Um, Mario Kart Mario Golf Kart. And... But those are group games and those well, are when, games that like when aren't... did uh, super mario 64 come out because that was the ultimate game changer in the mario franchise going forward into like our generation absolutely i want to guess like 97 or yeah 98. so i know rose is typing it up right now yeah yeah i, I don't know the exact date and i know we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time talking about mario games but if you want to talk about like maybe for a few years people were doubtful, but like, 96. yeah, 96. Super Mario sixty four was, was like an ultimate game changer. Mm-hmm. I, it, it really was. It really was, and, and for platformers in general, the way still, that they are now, it set the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's still three years after that film, so you have to. Like, so it was probably already in development when they were making the film. And banking on the film being doing well, going oh shit, the film blanked. Let's it's like no one's this... gonna buy Super Mario sixty four now Let's that the movie was bad. To God that this, that I just I just well. um feel like uh like shit. I haven't seen the movie and, and at this point I'm absolutely not going save to your, save yourself. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Um, I still think even then Mario was still too big to fail. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are just certain franchises like that where 
We might find out. I don't know. They're remake. They're making a Mario movie right now. I'm excited. That's true. And I, and I just think like nowadays, like it's Mario has enough clout that like there's no chance there's this isn't no gonna way. make billions like, of dollars. Well, no, because the games are really good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think like any um, tertiary projects, like a movie, it doesn't matter how much they bomb as long as the games are still good. It, yeah. it don't matter. And Mario yeah. is like the it guy. Like you go Billy on the street style. Like name a video game, someone's gonna say Mario. Yeah, they're gonna say Mario instantly. And even people who don't play video games, it's, no Mario. No Mario. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Mario one. And it's yeah, like, the correct. Mario one. The Mario one. Here's a dollar. But I. Everybody's played Super Mario Brothers. Everybody's, everybody's played, played Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. Or like some Super Mario game in their time. Raising my hand, I have not played Super Mario Brothers. I played Mario Kart, Mario Party, and Luigi's Haunted Mansion Three. So have you played like a true blue? You never played the first Mario game. They've redone it a million times. No. Not What about like Sunshine or something like that? Oh nope. Sunshine is so much fun. The Odysseys are fantastic, too. You would love Odyssey if for nothing other than aesthetic. Yeah. I watched Jacksepticeye. Shout out to Jack. His playthrough of Odyssey. Okay. And, you know, I enjoyed it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm... Looking at it is one of the best I also watched his playthrough of Luigi's Haunted Mansion 3, which made me want to get it. Okay. Despite my arachnophobia. Yeah, we were talking last time, our Halloween episode, How I Have Arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Switch Meat Wall almost happened, but like, yeah, I, I played that because the story was really interesting to me. Uh, you said Switch Meat Wall, and I'm like, that sounds like almost. a good sandwich. It almost it does, met yeah. the wall. Oy. Well, I don't know. Spiders there's, are friends. There's a, there's a million games no, in the for franchise you would find enjoyable. That's the whole point, is they're enjoyable for everybody. Like, they're, it's not... It's it. There's no age group. There's no demographic. It's like it's a it's a series for everybody. Right. Through and through. Really quickly though, um, before we segue off of Mario Brothers, uh, Brody, final thoughts on the film. Um. Uh, did I say dog shit yet? Yes. I think you did. At least five times. Okay. Uh, uh, there's actually some things I like about it. Well, oh, oh yeah, let's let's you talk have about to them. Share this. Okay, first of all, I've sh- I'll shit on it all day, but Bob Hoskins <laughs> overplays Mario to like a weird T. Like I remember a scene where it's just like Mario, there's a big leak, we need plumbing, and he just like like very triumphant. And he's like, I'm on the job. Like, <laughs> it's played real straight. And then there's also one part where they're walking down a tunnel, and you can definitely tell like they're not like. They're like far away, so they're clearly like ADRing the line. And I, my theory is that Bob Hoskins was just improvising because it's like right after Daisy got kidnapped, and it's like, what are they gonna do? The guy's like, yeah, we're gonna beat him up. And Bob was like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill him. I'm gonna rip their arms off and shove shove them down their throat. And I'm just like, okay, this guy is just like really worked some shit out. And they were like, let's put that in the movie. <laughs> Well, it's like what you're playing when you're really, what you're saying when you're really frustrated during a boss fight, even though all the Mario boss fights are very enjoyable and fun, so. I'm going to jump on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bop you on the head. Uh, what else did I like? Um, I'm such a practical effect nerd. Like anytime I watch an older movie or any current movie, especially that like 
will choose practical effects over CGI is always a check in the plus section for me. And there was one part Regardless that, of how good the movie is. And there was one thing that I saw that like kind of stood out to me as like sort of a lost art and that was actual like a uh, claymation animation for Absolutely. special effects. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Yes. Like there's one part where it's like the when he's going between dimensions, like running into a wall and becoming like sand almost through the wall. And that I'm very sure is claymation. And I, I actually did see that again in an episode of uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's something about this that is just like, so, not like convincing like CGI, but like very charming. Well, it's, um, it's like a tangible looking thing, which is good to right. begin with. Um, and I think for a lot of us, and I don't know how it is for, uh, I think like younger kids these days aren't as impressed with it as we were. But it reminds us of our childhoods, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I, I know my little brother does not think stop-start animation is as cool as I do. He, they all, they, they like the CGI movies more. Right, yeah. CGI, I think, like, gets a little more, like, realism. Yeah, like, for sure. motion animation, though, is really fucking cool. Yeah. It's, it's an incredibly skilled thing to do. It's, it's amazing. Have you all seen My Life as a, as a Zucchini? You know, it's on my list. I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's, it's like, if, if you're really into that, I would recommend it. Yeah, I have it on my list. I just haven't done it. There's a few really charming, um, like, foreign films that use that. Oh, God, what's the one I'm thinking of? I can't remember it. We'll talk about it another We're day. We're kind of transitioning. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Kubo and Two Strings was bomb. Mm. Oh, yeah, I love that one. But uh, some other, before we really transition, some honorable mentions. That okay. Just to pop those out there. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Tomb Raider, Mortal mm. Kombat, all you know, movies based on video games. Yeah, we, but we're not we're not really gonna go into those. No, we. Um, I know it's like weird. We're not gonna sit and talk about Scott Pilgrim because it is. Um, I, I'm not familiar with the games, unfortunately, and I don't think I'm gonna play them. I haven't read the comic books, but I've seen the movie multiple times. We all have. Everybody's yeah. seen Scott Pilgrim. Like it, it, it's it's a it's a great fucking movie. It's a great time. Yeah, another thing is, though, just for everyone who's really big into it, the Resident Evil franchise, there are two different completely domain, like, that we can go into. One goes in a completely different direction than the other. So today, when I do mention Resident Evil, we're going to talk about the movies, not the video games. But I will mention the upcoming Welcome to Raccoon City, which harks back to the video games, but I'll touch on that in a minute. Is that, wait, is that when Raccoon City's the movie? Yeah, so Resident okay. Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. I might as well just kind of jump into that. Yeah, let's do it. So the Resident Evil franchise kind of starts in 2002 for the movies where we meet a chick named Alice. Mm-hmm. Mila Jojovich. Yeah, The goddess. She's great. She's amazing. Yes. She's, like her entire performance throughout every single one of the movies. Is the is... only reason why they still made the movies. <laughs> Until Welcome to Raccoon City, which is supposed to come out this year. Or next year. Is, no, side note really quick. Return to Raccoon City, isn't that really true mm-hmm. to the games? Welcome to, it's Welcome to Raccoon City and yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So... So it's going to be um, a departure from what we're used to um, from the main Mainstream. movie franchise. So the video games, as I said earlier, go in a completely different direction and were actually made before the movies. The movies are based off of the fran- the the, fran- the video game franchise, obviously, why else would I be talking about them? But we meet the actress playing Alice, 
In the first film, Analysis is in Raccoon City. She's wandering around, finds out about um, the Umbrella Corporation and the T-Virus, and the T-Virus gets out, and so on and so forth. And then well, she in... wakes up in the mansion. Yeah, but the mansion in is a beautiful, the only... In a beautiful red dress. She's incapacitated. She wakes up in an ornate bedroom. <laughs> Which is I'm... not how the video games start. And everyone who knows the video games, you start as a reporter going to Raccoon City to find your brother, who you end up meeting another young police officer, and he's like, hey, I'm going to Raccoon City too. I don't know what the hell is going on, but something's up. I was told to report at the police station. Come with me, and hopefully together we can find your bro. Yeah, I remember as a kid being really disappointed that the, um, because I played the first Resident Evil when it was remastered on the GameCube, and um, I remember being really disappointed that, like, I was like, oh, shit, the, it's not the same mansion. Like, I was like, I, you know, because all the all the good things happen in the basement, in the in the in the yeah, that's movie. That's where the and spooky stuff happens. That's where all the weird Brody's shit happens. Shrugging his shoulders, he's never, he doesn't really know. I, we, this is not his domain. Yeah, this I have not touched. He is the frame off for this. I, for this conversation, yeah, definitely off. But yeah, no, so the mansion, we do revisit the mansion, and that's how we escape in the movie. And in kind of the video game as well-ish. I kind of have a question about the video games, if Mm -hmm. y'all are open for that. Yeah. Yeah. When did it go from, like, original ones were, like, very (laughs) action-oriented, like, turn the corner in this house or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. When did it transition to being like solely like this first person survival horror? Oh, Biohazard. 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 Was, that was the threshold? Hazard. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was the, the um, first person switch over, which I think was really smart for the franchise. Like, um, I, I know me personally when I'm replaying some of the older ones, like it was definitely useful and creepy mechanic in older games, like having that fixed POV. So mm-hmm. you can't look around a corner, so you don't know what's going on. But um, I don't know, man. I just at this point, like quality of life stuff, I find it very unplayable. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, and a lot of people will agree with me. But it's just, it is what it is. I mean, 7 and 8 are really, in- the, the video games, Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8, 8 is known as The Village really take shit to another fucking level. So whenever we get a movie adaptation of that, I'm going to be very interested how you explain <laughs> everything that happened in the village, especially when the main character is, spoiler alert, dead for mm-hmm. most of Seven and the entirety of the eighth game. I mean, I get it, Resident Evil the movie franchise, was like, oh yeah, Alice is a fucking clone. FYI, spoiler alert, Alice is a clone. She's not the original. She's a clone of the original who fucking died because apparently she had like some really special either immunity or like really specific, and I mean super fucking specific version of the T-virus which causes the zombie outbreak. Okay. Which was, th- this virus was developed by the Umbrella Corporation who had this entire thing. It's called the hive. It's entire Which is what's structure. underneath the, the house in the first movie. It's like, oh, we go down this elevator and it's, it's a hive. It's literally like 
like you, you go like down like upside down beehive downwards of yeah. levels of fucked and up shit someone purposefully it's kind of like um it's kind of like the compound it reminds you of um the cabin in the woods i was just about to say yeah like, it's like cabin very, in the woods yeah. but it's like oh zombie zombie zomber shit like this down little yeah, quick they, collection they, of yeah like, absolutely and okay. the reason why the hive is underground is because they're working with shit like the t-virus and the whole purpose was to avoid something like the t-virus getting out which mm-hmm. is why it's so deep underground but obviously someone was like fuck this shit i'm letting it out turns out it was a different clone of alice or like there's some more version. clones yeah oh no there there we see in one of the movies i don't remember which one we see an entire fucking factory just making clones of alice and putting her into that mansion putting her right through raccoon city all over again just to see which clone is the best because you know at this rate we don't know which one is the original alice so if we're getting into because uh, our list is best video game movies i think we can both agree that the first resident evil movie is the best one i mean from a story viewpoint it's so loosely based on the video games. All it really does is share the name of Resident Evil. And here's where here's my hang-up, because the next one I'm, I'm going to talk about is Assassin's Creed, which has a very similar problem, because mm-hmm. it shares a universe, quote-unquote a universe, and it shares aspects of it but it doesn't share the main cast now well resident evil welcome welcome to raccoon city kind of goes back and is like all right we did alice's whole thing we're done with alice we did like five fucking films with this chick now it's actually time to switch over go back to the video games and make a movie legitimately based on the video game. So that reporter and that police officer who I mentioned, I don't remember their names. I'm not going to look it up. But um, we actually get to see them. Is it Claire? It's like Claire Claire Renfield. Claire something, yeah. It's Claire Renfield and the other dude. Which one? The guy, the police officer. Leon? Yeah. Okay, so... um. I I really I just kind of glazed over at one point. Yeah, we're we're, ju- we're jumping around from movie to movie. I specifically think that the first Resident Evil movie is kind of the only good one and the only one worth watching. Okay. Um, it has um a very similar atmosphere to the first game. That's like the main and other ones, I had. which is like which, and I'm going to talk about no, the Silent Hill movie as watch, well. Watch the final chapter, Resident okay. Evil One and Resident Evil Final Chapter. Because that will literally just wrap up Alice's... Like, you're introduced to Alice, and then in the film, because they know that a lot of people aren't really going to watch every single film in between, unlike me, who sell them all in theaters. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of just wraps up Alice's story. And you can't really take... Once you see the final chapter... You can't really take Alice any farther, which I think is the reason why they're going back to the video games. I'm going to tell you, Alice's story doesn't need to get wrapped up because it's not good. Just watch the I first liked, movie. <laughs> no. I liked it. So that was the point of the movie, if it's not good. It's good action. It's, this, good, it's not it's about the action. story. Okay. It's zombie. It's killing stuff. But like From my- a lore pa- standpoint, 
I, it is a good one to have for Allure because it actually does a really good job of explaining how the T-virus gets out. Okay. You know, establishing this universe that is Resident Evil. So it's like a side story that's like a big piece of the mosaic of what the game is all about. Yes, it's a very good like hour and a half exposition of this is a game like the first two games i'd say maybe maybe ish Mm. and that's that's really what it is it takes out a lot of the main characters from the video games right but again welcome to raccoon city really focuses more on bringing them back Mm -hmm. arguably um at least in the first game, because I I specifically only enjoy the first Resident Evil movie, and I've seen the first three or four of them. Like I've I've seen them, I've done it. Um, I don't think the characters are super important. Like once again, it's about the ambiance, it's about the environment, it's about putting you if like like you feel like you're in a similar situation, which I feel like the first movie does successfully do. And if you can't tell, which game just really fucking loves from the resident evil franchise you want to tell them well biohazard's my favorite one yeah and biohazard like i remember that was did that come with like the vr um vr came out later but you can play it in vr um i would recommend watching game grumps play it Mm -hmm. they don't play it all the way through but when they what they do play is really enjoyable i am just like rose like that for me is just like too much of the horror like VR and like I'm actually in this. I think it's like the next level of horror entertainment, uh, truthfully, because like not much scares me. Um, only but the fact that like I have to like actually navigate this myself is what's yeah. scary. It's about true terror. It. Like I-, I think it's fantastic. I think if you really want a true horror experience, that's the way to go. Specifically from the first movie, though, I do want to talk about one of my favorite scenes because I am. <laughs> A blood and guts gal, and you know what I'm gonna talk about. It's the the laser room scene. So um, I think this one I vaguely know about. How can you not? How can you it's not? So iconic. Yeah. So there is a. Um, they have to get through a passageway. It's like when they're first entering the shit. You right, know, like, like they're they're yeah. getting the hive. the hive. Like they're getting into it, mm-hmm. and it's like a laser guarded. You know, like a spies dodge, dodging lasers. Sort of. They have to get through. Um, and Which, some, by the way, can I just interrupt? Why wouldn't they just make a wall? Why wouldn't they just make like an interweaved wall of just like one no, single... No, this explains why. Okay, please. This scene explains why. Somebody trips a trap and it becomes a gigantic wall. Like you just said. Oh, like an actual... lasers that turn these people into beef cubes. And it is amazing. Okay. Like, when did this movie come out? 2000. Okay, cool. So I was like 12. Them, them 12 year old Jessica cubes. lost her shit. I love it. I loved it so much. The gore at the time, and I haven't rewatched it in a while. Me and my sisters used to watch this movie all the time. Top tier for 2002. Okay. Real good stuff. Top tier 2002 oh. beef cubes. You oh, remember, oh, yeah. And you remember that factory I mentioned of the clones? Yeah, where they're just making months? one a person. Literally, how they test if a clone is good or not, is putting her through the meat cube. And if she succeeds, then great, we have a good clone. If not, well, send the next one. Well, what do you, what, how do you pass the meat cube test? Do you have to, like, actually I don't remember how they piece? got through it. 
It's basically I just remember a lot the of, carnage. Okay. A lot of parkour, and she literally jumps up. Like, there's nothing to grip, but she literally, like, this thing is also smart, and it moves with you, so right. you have to outsmart this whole trap, because it's a wall that will move towards you, towards, like, the end of the hallway, but if it, it tracks your motion, so at one point, Alice is literally hanging like a fucking fly off the ceiling. Hmm. Because she tricked the wall into thinking that she was going to like the left or the right, but she instead she's like wall. hanging off the fucking wall. There's nothing to grip. She's a goddamn fly. She's very sticky. Yeah. She grips the wall or the ceiling, I should say. She's like on the fucking ceiling for two seconds. The wall like fuzzes out and there's a next, like it also gets progressively harder for her. So you have to do some like movie style parkour mm -hmm. to get through it but that's literally the challenge and this is literally the, the first clones. thing they do after they get made like fresh out the, the oven they, go through they the don't know that they don't know that they don't know it, that it's one of the things like the each of the clones wakes up in this mansion hmm. and for umbrella it legitimately is will this clone make it through is the joke about that that when you die it's just like oh yeah you just weren't a good clone um so here's the thing um this is like stuff that i think they just pulled out of their asses to write in later <laughs> movies and this that is nowhere near a part of the plot for the first movie no it like absolutely not like no, the, the whole clone yeah thing but like as an explanation later. for video games it's like oh video games you didn't save you died bad clone yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That That's actually a wonderful parallel that I, I didn't even make. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's totally what it is. Although, um, I do they bring up in the video, in the in the movies, the little typewriters as save points? Yeah. Yeah. You, okay, even see, I know that part. So, like, even throughout the video games, one of the save point, major save points that you come across is a typewriter. Mm -hmm. And in the movies, typewriters come up later on. Like, in the first film, you may see, like, maybe one in the mansion. Just to sort of show it off. Be like, Just hey, show it. we did she a little research. Really we need, to, we need to see it. Be like, yeah, like, ah, there it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's maybe one of them. But later on, we meet, in the movies, we meet a um, very smart, this is the man who created the T-virus. Okay. Like, he's a scientist. He wanted to save his daughter who has like this degenerative disease or whatever that's literally going to kill her and the T-virus could save her possibly. And he has a typewriter in his house. And like that, the typewriter kind of, in the movies, becomes attached to him. Mm -hmm. Because in a few of his frames, you can see a typewriter in the room. But it's never really pointed out like, ah, yes, Alice is interacting with a fucking typewriter. No, unfortunately, that's not the case. That's for us to know. All right, so so we um, talked about <laughs> Resident Evil a little bit. Um, so the question is like, is it a good is it a good video game movie? I know the series is huge. I know it's no. always expanding. I'm gonna say no because it doesn't really share a lot of lore points or like the major lore points that are related to the characters specifically. So I'm gonna say no, but as a movie franchise, it's amazing. A plus, you should see all of them, including Welcome to Raccoon City. Okay. That means it is a good video game movie. <laughs> no, it's different. Okay.
Okay, just and like, we had the same problem with Assassin's Creed, but that's coming up in a bit. Yeah, and going off of what I observed from you guys, it sounds like it really the movies don't are just like a very big tone shift from like the real life horror that Completely is like the game. Completely different direction, as I said, they're two different spheres. So I guess the real answer is it depends what kind of mood you're in. Like, if you're in the mood for, like, high fantasy, wacky action, like that. Oh, but... absolutely. Oh, yeah. Then you'll have a good time watching, I think, at least the first movie. Okay. I don't really think delving too much further into the franchise is um, a fruitful endeavor. <laughs> like, I really just don't. But um, it, they're, they're fun. The CGI is good. The action scenes are good. For, what was it, to the, yeah, 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for the time. Like, it's, it doesn't hold up as well as, like, The Matrix does. Chef's kiss to the first one. Like, yeah, chef's mm. kiss to the first Matrix. Um, oh, I was talking about <laughs> Resident Evil. Screw the Matrix. Well, the what? Second, what? Uh, what? No, thank you. I don't like dystopian movies, and I'm surprised I even like Resident Evil. Well, we're going to well, put a pin in that yeah. for another day. We're going to put a pin in that because I, I can just go off. <laughs> Dystopia? And, like, major horror. So you hate all like... the major movie releases over the past six years. Oh, man. Oh, and another honorable mention. I didn't even know this, but um, Hitman also has a movie franchise, but it's is also it a video game. I have never seen the films. That's I, why it's an honorable mention. I know we're like not talking about how bad it is, so I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm sure it probably is just like, if nothing else, maybe a little like boring. Like an assassin's film. Like the no. games are wonderful. Yeah, the games. The are games great. are amazing. Yeah. That's another thing. A lot of these movies that were like part of like the big video game franchises are very forgettable. Like I remember Rose was saying like, "Oh, Prince of Persia." Oh yeah, off camera we did list a bunch of them. Prince of Persia was one of them that does have a movie. The I... Jake Gyllenhaal vehicle, right? Yep. Which everyone is just now remembering at this exact same. Yeah, moment. but we also have another honorable mention that's coming out with uh, Tom Holland. Ooh, Uncharted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've I've never played the Uncharted games. I've never games. seen the games, but it looks good. The, I've I played like um a little bit of some like on like PlayStation Now. Like they're fun. It's a lot of quick time events. They're really cinematic. I mean, it's a play, they're PlayStation exclusive. They're that's good a, games. That's like, the thing about them being cinematic. It really does does feel like this was a, a supposed to be a movie, but was expanded as like a video, a video game, game instead. Yeah, but that's those are just honorable mentions because Jess, we're gonna hop right into one that you love. Oh my gosh, guys. Okay, so I've dabbled with the Silent Hill games. I think, um, unfortunately, I just, I, we discussed earlier how I have a hang up on like the fixed perspective, uh, you know, point of view in gaming, but I am a huge fan of the first Silent Hill movie. Okay. I think it is fantastic. This is another franchise where, again, I'm completely off on it. I have seen, uh, I've seen only like maybe one or two ep like episodes of the gameplay, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Silent Hill is terrifying. From what yeah, I've seen. I've seen the like, monsters I, that everyone points out. I've seen the general atmosphere. I don't like it. It's terrifying, especially just you know, kind of give us a synopsis of what the video games are, real quick. Right, introduce us to that first. Okay, well, I've never played the video games, oh, okay. <laughs> which I know is 
super fucking helpful. I've tried. I've tried to do it. I can't. I can't do it. I can't get into it. I no. 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 Yeah. The I can't. I. It, it's. It's. If they remastered them with updated controls, I would blow through those fuckers. But. Yeah, yeah, it's the fixed mm-hmm. POV. Like, I just can't get into it. The shooting is clunky. It, it's like, if you did not play those games when they came out, you're fucked. Yeah. It's no, an- like, straight up you are. Or if you're a huge nostalgia gamer. It came out in 2006. Me and my sisters used to watch this movie all the time. Like, every time we get grounded, it's like, oh, guess we're going to watch Silent Hill three times today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. Might as well enjoy some good atmospheric horror. Um, really loosely, the plot is um, this woman and her husband have an adopted daughter, Sharon, who has um, sleepwalking nightmares about this place called Silent Hill. In order to, like, cure her daughter of her night terrors. What's her freaking name? Hold you on, could tell on. me and I'm just going to forget in like four seconds. Rose. <laughs> so, God damn it. Rose um, is like, all right, I got to take my little Sharon to Silent Hill because she keeps dreaming about it. I don't know because no, we, we always that. indulge our children's fantasies. Yeah. Hey, kids, you afraid of clowns? Well, I'm just going to throw you into a circus and call me if you don't get lost. It's literally it just is. a plot point for them to get to Silent Hill. I, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It, like, it truly doesn't. Anyway, so they pack up the Jeep and they, and they head out to Silent Hill. Um, I guess, uh, spoilers, this movie's been out for a long time. You should definitely watch it, but the... Um, get into a car accident on the way and actually pass. So they're in, they're stuck in this like limbo of Silent Hill where this whole town is stuck under the curse of, um, well, it's like, it's, it's like Sharon. Yeah. It's like the big fog that's like around everyone. And there's like monsters in the fog. Like that's, yeah, well, it's not, it's foggy, but it's, um, it's also like ash from the, uh, mines that are on fire underneath the town. Very metal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, everything's, and the town is constantly shifting in between like this, um, like muted, uh, fog, raining ash, a siren goes off, everything gets rusty and dark and all the monsters appear. I just... can, can we have a moment? You enjoy that Brody just made a pun and didn't get it. I didn't get my own joke. Because <laughs> Jess is talking about how there are mines under the town. Brody said very metal. I went, and then, and then, and Brody and then gave I was just point. fucking stupefied. Like, <laughs> He's like what you I think want? they're coal mines. Okay, so. <laughs> well, that's, that's less funny. Brief introduction, not important. What it's not like like the plot of this movie is not important. What is good about this movie and what is good about the games? From what I've I've seen many playthroughs. I've never played them though, so I don't want to discuss them like I've played them. Um, it's the atmosphere is so chilling. It like it really affects you on like a visceral level in the games. And in the movie, like there is because you're constantly shifting from perceived safety to danger with just the sound of a siren, hmm. which is horrifying. You can't control it. Um, are you you're all familiar with Pyramid Head, right? Yeah, I've seen a lot of cosplays of Pyramid Head. And uh, I Pyramid can only Head. Imagine. We love Pyramid Head. He's kind of become like the fig. I was about to say figurehead. And <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Risk I would of say- making another pun. 
Um, the pyramid head, you've got the flesh eating little scarab babies that will just oh eat you alive. Um, one of my, uh, favorite scenes from the movie is actually when they, uh, go to the bottom levels of the hotel to, um, uh, I don't know, you know, like. There's always creepy stuff in the basement. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, it's like Sharon's, like, like, reincarnation or whatever. It's not fucking important. It, it's the belly of the beast, we shall say. <laughs> Is okay. at the bottom level of the hotel. Um, uh, the nurses, which are, are you guys familiar I've seen with that those scene? Two. So the the costume design is fucking fantastic, and it's all dancers. Um, they had to hire a bunch oh, really? of dancers to like do it. Like what kind of dancers? Like ballerinas? Or yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Like they're all professional ballerinas because um, the, chore- the the way they contort their bodies and move and the choreography of it, uh-huh. it 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 is just the creepiest most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life i absolutely love it um if you love good atmosphere good uh cgi and practical effects and good monsters this movie is for you the acting is shit like full-on putting the that acting, out there the acting is shit um it does not have the same characters as the silent hill games which like for me is it, it doesn't it doesn't matter so it runs into the same problem that Resident Evil had. So I'm going to beg you the question, Jess. Is it a good video game film? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think um, that for the... So here's the thing. Film, video games have become, as I've said many times here, such a cinematic experience already mm-hmm. that you don't need to take the exact same story and just recreate it and put it on film. That, that, doesn't, that gives people who play the games absolutely no reason to go see the movie. Why would you pay money to go see the exact same movie that you literally just played through? Perhaps, and I'm just thinking about like in like in modern times, we just saw the uh, Uncharted trailer with Tom Holland, mm-hmm. which I don't know about in terms of the games, but I have seen like some like repeated yeah, iconography. So I would imagine like some people would be like, oh, maybe it's like an origin story for these guys or like, I wouldn't imagine. Well, you could do an origin story and it would still make it a good video game adaptation of the movie, even though it does not, it follows the game exactly. Or it could be something that expands on the established lore or established universe, Mm -hmm. kind of like Assassin's Creed. Maybe for like a second or a third movie, but I really think when you hammer in this first one, you have to treat the audience like they don't know anything about it already. Okay. So jumping in and just um, ladling on all this lore that only makes sense if you've played all the games... I mean, it's not a great way to make money. Would it also be like, because like a big trope in narratives in video games, and you can see some stuff like Bioshock and uh, Dark Souls even, is the idea that there was this big event in the recent history of this place, and now you're just playing through sort of like the oh, aftermath mean, of all that. You mean like... Or even like Bioshock 1, it's just like you see this dilapidated city. I don't think a movie being made of Rapture in its heyday would be beneficial. No. no. Flashbacks so, would be cool. Flat, that's what they do. They have yeah. flashbacks in Bioshock. But there is a video game that Jess will gladly put 30 plus hours in and has tried to get me to put at least 40 hours into it. Jess, you want to introduce the franchise that we're talking about next? Is it Assassin's Creed? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not yet. Uh, Detective Pikachu? Yeah, man. Oh, my oh, sure. God. <laughs> oh, my God. 
So, um, we're all three gigantic Pokemon nerds. Absolutely. I have a Pikachu tattooed on my shin. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm a baby Pokemon nerd. I've I just recently, I bought, here's the story for me. Rose, you're pretty in on it, man. I don't know. I bought a DS and then I bought Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and just would not get off my ass about getting a Switch so I could play Sword and Shield when they came out with her. And I'm like, fuck it, fine. Quarantine. Got me bored as hell. I bought one. <laughs> And I told Jess, and Jess is like, hell yeah, now welcome to the Pokemon crew. Yeah, now we're waiting on Diamond and Pearl remakes. Hell yeah. So ready. Um, and the Legend of Australius. That actually yeah. does look really, like, neat. I mean, that one's going to be, I, I don't know what to think about it. I don't want to talk about it a lot. I Who knows? Yeah. I, I, I think I think I'm going to ultimately enjoy it, but we'll be let down. We'll have a lot Just to say. Like everybody else. We'll have a lot to say when it comes out. Oh, we'll do a full episode on it. Absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, but we will. Here's the thing. There's a long-standing tradition in Japan where Pokemon talk to humans. In America, that's not so much. So one of the most surprising releases was Detective Pikachu, the Pokemon film, where you actually talk to Pikachu. Voice and, and and he's voiced by Ryan Reynolds, which I know is like. You, it, it, on paper, it sounds like it wouldn't work, but it but does. It does. <laughs> would you would does. you preferred it? I remember when everyone came out, it's like, oh, it should be Danny DeVito. No, um, see, I I don't think I would want a little Danny DeVito sounding creature to sleep in bed with me. See, here's the thing, though. Speak like, for yourself. It's a, <laughs> it's a wholesome reason why, though. Ryan Reynolds. My tried Pikachu out. sleeps in bed with me. Also, like it in sounds my, like in Ryan my, Reynolds. Yeah, too. in my brain, like my little Pikachu is my best friend, and we we do everything together. Ryan Reynolds wanted to do a role for a film that his children would enjoy. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know what? Pokemon, he knocked it out of the fucking park. <laughs> can I? Just... Pokemon is coming out with a film. I'm gonna try it have out. Have any of you played the Detective Pikachu game though? I have no. Not. No, I haven't either. Ah! I haven't either. Can I interject real quick? Of course. Uh, The idea of I'm going to take this video game role because it would really impress my son is exactly what Bob Hoskins also did before saying saying yes to Mario. So... The guy for... The actor for Venom or for... um, Tom Hardy? Tom... No. Venom. No. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. His son is such a huge Venom fan. Mm-hmm. Topher Grace has a son? Wow, we're old. At least Eddie, Eddie, Eddie and Venom Eddie. from the new Venom movie. Uh, Topher Grace was Venom in the like the early 2000s oh. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man 3 no, from him. Sam Raimi. Wait, what? Not him. Yeah, Sam Raimi. Are we not talking about Topher Grace? Out. We are talking about Topher Grace. Hold on. What happened to Topher Grace, guys? <laughs> I think you just kind of like decided to chill out for a while. I would do the same thing, honestly. I, I, like, I feel like at a certain point, if you've been in enough TV and movies, you can just kind of realize mm, now might be a good time to slow down a little bit. Yeah, just like produce some shit. I'm sure he's still getting royalties off. Tom like. Hardy, guys. Yeah, Tom he, Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yeah. His son is a massive Venom fan, and he's like got the opportunity to audition for it and he's like you know what my son loves this character what the hell why not mm-hmm. and his son actually inspired like a lot of his characterization of eddie brock and venom 
to the point where it's like it's reflected in his acting. It's nice. For the two. So like he got notes from an expert. But unfortunately, um unlike Venom, Detective Pikachu is actually very well received by critics and audiences yes! all over all the way around, mm-hmm. which is a tragedy. Um, Venom no, no, cuz we're talking about Detective Pikachu and Don't I got to tell you, I have been playing Pokemon since it came out. I am yep. 32 years old. I still play Pokemon like it's 1997. I give no shits about that. And I and was I actually born you, in 1997, so Pokemon has always like coexisted with me. Yeah, I, and I got to tell you, I literally was almost in tears during the when they first get to that city. What's it called? The main city? Oh, um, it's a city. I don't know the name. It's not even important. But it's a city where Pokemon and humans cohabitate as equals, which I think was really cool. So you don't catch them in this city. You cohabitate as equals. They're your partners. If they choose to be with you, that's their decision. And, you know, you work together like friends, like a family. And I I really enjoyed that. But I got to tell you, the opening scenes of that city... I, I was almost in tears. He's like, this is what I wanted since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the only time where I would have accepted a live-action Pokemon movie. Imagine if a live-action Pokemon movie came out in, like, 2002. Oh, that are you talking looked... about the... the... <laughs> Wait, when did the Pokemon movie come out? The I've po- got that on DVD, the by the Pokemon way, guys. The Pokemon movie... Yeah, 2019. Can you see when the um the Pokemon the Mewtwo movie came out where we got introduced to Mewtwo? That must have been like before two, year 2000. I think like it was 1999 because my dad took me and my sisters to see it in theaters. That makes sense. My poor father. Oh, <laughs> that's just being a dad. Yeah. Um, this movie, like, if you you don't even have to be a big Pokemon fan to enjoy it because both of my sisters are just casuals mm-hmm. and they loved it. My husband even enjoyed it. Um, I don't, I actually don't think we should spoil the ending on this one. It, it's Rhyme really, City. It's called Rhyme, Rhyme City. City. Rhyme City is nice. Yeah. It's just like, it is oh, like the ultimate feel good movie. And I can't speak to how closely related it is to the game. I'm going to assume just like everything else we've discussed, not so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a little Pikachu that sounds like Ryan Reynolds in like an old school Sherlock Holmes hat. Like what? Is and they solve <laughs> mysteries. Yeah, they solve mysteries together. I will say though, like the number one thing that I really want, and I have a whole tangent about this later. I just wanted to see the live action Pokemon, and I don't care. I I was like at a party, and I think this was on in the background on mute, and I still loved it. That's, That's how you saw this. this? Yeah, I love Mewtwo. Mewtwo was cool. Was amazing because this is a big name movie. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of live action. They're actually doing the live action animation combination, which isn't seen a lot. And I fucking love that kind of style. But like, of course, you have to have the really big name Pokemon. You have an Eevee who oh, yeah. evolves into one of the evolutions. Was it Flareon? Yeah, I think it was Flareon. Flareon. Like it was just on the guy's desk and. Boom. Yeah, and Eevee like just randomly evolves because Eevee wanted mm-hmm. to evolve. But then you have Pikachu, yeah. obviously. Charizard was there. Charizard, yeah. yeah, you have a meat. You well, have, he's just yeah. doing what he's told. He's not mean. He's just yeah. He's doing what he's told. He he's almost a baby. gets li- his. Life. The Blasty Boy is there. He almost Blast- gets his life. Blastoise. Blastoise. Oh. Yeah, he almost got his, like, light turned out, though. Because apparently it's, like... It's, like, the first episode of the anime. Yeah. Yeah, if his tail goes out, if Charizard's tail goes out, then they die. Yeah. And his tail almost went out. I will say that. That was How? almost disappointing. All I can think of now is, like, poor little Charmander on that rock when it's raining, trying to cover Aww. himself up with a little leaf. 
Oh. He just wanted to be alive. Poor baby. And then he evolved too quickly and just stopped listening to Ash entirely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> got, a little, got a little big for your britches, huh, Charizard? Well, look, Ash is a terrible trainer, okay? He they addressed it in Journeys yeah. really well, I think, and actually started making like, oh, he's actually really good at battling. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's good at battling, but a shit trainer. Mm-hmm. Also, he's not good at battling in the Kanto series. No, but he does in Sun and Ultra Sun and Moon. He eventually, like, it takes him how many fucking seasons to finally get a badge and win? Because in Ultra Sun and Moon, doesn't he win? I mean, or it took him close. decades. I've only it's seen like, half of the Ultra Sun and Moon series. I haven't. All I know is that in a very quick synopsis that I read, he, like, really comes close to winning. Either he gets second place in Ultra Sun and Moon or he wins in Ultra Sun and Moon. Yeah, in Journeys, he becomes a much more competent and is known to be a great battler, which um, I think, fa- finally, like, shit. Like, <laughs> literally throughout the entire Kanto series, he's just given every badge. Like, yeah, you're a good person. Here you go. Yeah. Wasn't it, like, even in, like, the early anime, it's just, like, he got all of his badges for, like, such bullshit reasons yeah absolutely yeah it absolutely will... or like you ran an errand for me here you go yeah <laughs> yeah it's the participation award yeah, yeah no absolutely. not even that it was just like i remember there was like that whole arc where he was beating sabrina who literally turned his friends into inanimate dolls, dolls yeah because, that's a great episode because by that's the, way. the kind of magic we have then ash needs to go pe- catch like a ghost pokemon so he goes to a haunted house and fucking dies huh? <laughs> Ash, Ash's death. Ash dies he early died. on. He died at least what? Did he ward out? He died. He dies. No, he he gets shocked by dies. Pikachu and takes takes a blast to the face from Charizard like it's nothing. Yeah, the man's invincible. He fucking, no, he also dies in one of the films, and Pikachu freaks. That's the right. Fuck out. He turns into fucking rock. He, he, no, like no. No, he does in no. the first the movie. The, the first movie. movie. Yeah, yeah he gets between like the died. big old blast. He's dead. Yeah, he's, he's dead. just surrounded by like all this rare Pokemon, just like me. This sad. kid has gone through too much. And then Pikachu freaks the fuck out, and all the rare Pokemon, and even the legendary mm-hmm. po- Pikachu freaks the fuck out, and it's like, oh shit, I fucked the legendary who killed him. It's like, oh shit, I fucked up. Well, undo all this. Well, look, there were plenty of Pokemon there that knew regenerative moves, especially if you get to those high levels. They could have done something. Yeah, but do they work on humans, though? No, that's just so weird for me, though. Why? Personally, like the parallel I keep pulling, it's so weird. It's like someone, a vet saying, yeah, I can be a human doctor. That's so weird for me because they specialize in treating other Pokemon. If that's the case. Well, actually, if you want to get into brass tacks about this, um, I I think plenty of veterinarians could adaptly treat many human ailments and and surgically as well. They, They could do okay. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you, all right. You've look, never seen a movie. All the you've vets? never seen the movies where, like, oh, I gotta get this bullet removed. And they go to a vet and he pulls it out and stitches them up. Okay, that's very to different. To all the vets and to all the medical professionals, we love you. I'm just. I think you totally misunderstood what I said, though. Because I really just think that, like, if a Pokemon's aggressive attacks can work on a human, their healing attacks can work on humans as well. Okay, no, here's... I understood. It's just a weird concept for Why? me. Why? Why? You've never thought about it? No, I haven't. 
Here's my addition. Like, what if, like, a Pokemon uses sleep powder on me? Do I fall asleep? No, wait, better yet, we, we do see that happen. Yeah, no, it absolutely Jiggly happens. Jigglypuff sings people to sleep. Jigglypuff Jiggly gets everyone so to fall bad. asleep with sing. Yeah. yeah. Jigglypuff gets pissed off because everyone falls the fuck asleep. But, like, I, I don't know. With healing, she brought it, definitely brought it over. If sing works, if the, elect, if the attacks work, then the healing um, moves work as well. I mean, if why? We follow, why? If we follow that logic, then yeah, <laughs> it's so weird to me though. Why? I don't know. It's just a weird concept. They're magical tiny animals that exist. Like, they're not real. <laughs> I mean, they eat these magical tiny animals. They do eat them. I would. Not, they do eat them. It's not something we, have we a talk whole, about a lot. We have a whole episode. The reason why it's just alluding to the whole fucking episode that we have planned about eating your Pokemon, but. It's just a weird concept for me. People eat Appletons all the time. It's in the Pokedux entry. Mm-hmm. They're delicious. Children eat pieces of them. And if there's it's a in the Pokedux, you're gonna entry. tell me there's if a Pokemon you... made of ice cream, and you're gonna tell me not to eat it. Yeah, like I'm you're, you're sorry, like Alcremes that... just chilling at your house, and you're not gonna be like, "Ooh, let me just taste a little bit of you." You, if you could see my face right now, it would be absolutely horrified and grossed out. Because I've never once thought of eating my Pokemon other than like a crab. Um, oh, so you would eat a Krabby, but you wouldn't eat an Alcreme who's made of whipped cream. Uh, That's... <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's, but it's when, I had this, when I had this thought, Alcreme didn't fucking exist. I love, I love Alcreme. I think she's amazing. I love doing all the different variants of her, getting all the different color variants. Very tasty. Yeah, very... <laughs> Delicious, top tier. Uh, aesthetics, 100%. Used in battle, not so much. Yeah. But the Gigantamax form is the best in the game. Oh my lord. So. Oh my god. Okay, so we, we need to talk about Assassin's Creed, guys. Wait, can I just. We have one more honorable mention that we're not going to talk about. Everyone's probably screaming at us. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, yes. I agree. How the rings work in the movie is kind of weird, but you know what? I'll take it. So, Assassin's Creed. Uh, what do you guys know about it? I've played the first couple of games and ended on Black Flag because you so can't beat Black Flag. you've played the Ezio trilogy. Cool. I've, mm-hmm. I've played a couple of the Ezios um, and Black Flag and, Flag and some of Origins and some of um, Syndicate. So I ask this because it is a long-ass list. And for everyone who doesn't know the Assassin's Creed franchise or the mm-hmm. movie, basically... I'm not talking about Origins, I'm not talking about Odyssey, and I'm not talking about Valhalla because they don't really feel like a traditional Assassin's Creed game, specifically because... Black Flag does not either, though. You still have viewpoints, you still have your mini-map, you still have actual, like, gameplay aspects that make it an Assassin's Creed game. But there's viewpoints in Origins. Not that many. Yeah, but they're in there. They don't count. They're, they're not significant, though. That's my issue with Origins. That's also my issue with, like, Odyssey. Well, the whole point of... I'm sorry to cut you off, but the whole point of viewpoints, at least in, like, Ezio ones, was to be like, oh, the, no, you actually climbed map. this... To sync the map. To sync the map and also be like, hey, you just climbed this very important structure. Yeah, to show you the historical, like, importance. And history in the Assassin's Creed 
games is very fucking significant mm -hmm. in the movie not so much and that's kind of a point of con like contingency for me can i just ask real quick to get mm -hmm. us to the movie uh what is the time period that is 15th a century and, and what's the Spain. movie about because i'm familiar with the games but i don't know and it's michael fassbender correct yeah 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 okay so i'm not familiar with the movie but fairly familiar with the games well okay so uh, the movie here's the thing assassin's creed the movie really it exists within the domain of the games and this is the reason why i bring up the games first is because you have to really understand the games to understand the movie mm -hmm. now in the games you have two predominantly warring organizations which is the assassins versus the templars and in the 21st century, that's a company called Abstergo. They're the Templars. The Assassins are kind of like more cloak and dagger in the shadows. Like right. we work predominantly in behind the scenes, in the darkness. darkness. You, don't you don't see us. It's the corporations versus the shadow people who control Exactly. Things. So Abstergo kidnaps certain people who have lineages connected to significant historical and like assassins mm -hmm. who play significant roles in different historical time periods and the whole thing is your dna that's passed down hereditary is your ancestors memories yeah. they so call it it's like unlocking genetic memory yeah, yeah. Make yeah. you relive like what your ancestors have done. Yeah, through a machine called the Animus. And there are multiple different assassins who go through this process. In the games, predominantly for Assassin's Creed 1, Ezio, which is Assassin's Creed 2, and then you have the Ezio series or trilogy, which is Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations. He dies. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, Desmond whatever. Desmond dies. Desmond Miles. It's been a while. Yeah. It was after. It was after three, right? Like, yeah, and like the uh, like Assassin's Creed three, which is actually the fourth game in the franchise. But whatever. Mm -hmm. So Desmond Miles, he's one of the assassins who goes through this process. But in the movie, his name is Callum Lynch. Yeah, it's a new which, guy, right? Yeah, it's a completely different person, which is fine. It's perfectly fine because in the video games, Assassin's Creed 1 through 3, they mm -hmm. really establish, hey, Miles, you're not the only one who goes through this process. Yeah. Right. You're not the only one who's been kidnapped because you have some ancestral tie to what's called a piece of Eden, which are artifacts that have different supernatural abilities to control or to influence large massive groups of people right which that's like the part where things start getting fuzzy for me personally like it sounds like they really just needed a macguffin for all this it gets hammered out because the pieces of eden each one does something different okay and in the movie uh, callum callum lynch his ancestor is aguilar and we're talking about a 15th century spanish assassin who basically the time period is like 1490 to 1492 that year is significant right can and we, i'll get back I, to I'm that in a minute to derail you a little bit but can we run through a quick uh synopsis of the movie in general because so, i'm pretty familiar with 
the overarching story of Assassin's Creed the games, but I have no idea what the movie is about. So Callum grew up in a place called The Farm, and The Farm is referenced in the video games as a place where children of assassins or children who grow up to be modern-day assassins in the 21st century, like, they, they all live on the place called The Farm. Mm-hmm. And Callum is one of the assassins who grew up on the farm, just like Desmond in the games, but got out of the farm and decided to live a normal life. He gets kidnapped by Abstergo, and Callum is very much like, this is bullshit, I don't want to be here, you guys, everything about this, fucking ridiculous. And Abstergo is like, no, 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 you're, you're important. Why? Because your DNA is important. We need you to relive your ancestors' memories. Right. And we're going to put you in a machine called the Animus. Mm-hmm. Which, and what I believe, the Animus is also different in... It is. So, in the video games, it's just like a bed. You it's a bed in. with it like, a like a VR sarcophagus. Thing. Yeah, really. It and is. it's like a VR looking thing. Yeah. But like... But for... no, that's in the movie. It... The movie is a VR thing where actually like... It's a crane hand that hooks you up into like a, the a VR set. Yeah, so but like it moves in like you can climb and shit. So Callum relives Aguilar's memories in the Animus, and the point thing is though, what the Templars are after in the movie is an artifact, a piece of Eden called. The Apple of Eden, which right. can actually control people's minds. And th- we're talking like entire towns, guys, like over, well over a hundred people. Mm-hmm. It can control their mind. Gertie, FYI, has a cheese it so if you hear her nomin away, that's Yeah, some tippy taps or some munchins. It's all Gertie. That, it's our, it's, our, it's our resident baby. We're putting up a picture just again, so <laughs> just in case you forgot what she looks like. Now imagine that in the cheese it Yeah, but... It cute. Callum, though, the thing that differentiates Callum from from, uh, Desmond Miles is he's not alone in his room. Mm -hmm. He's the the, uh, facility that he's kept in. He's actually gets to interact with all these other different assassins or descendants of assassins. One of them is like uh, an early 18th century poisoner. Like, okay. this man is fucking cool as hell. I'm down right? for that. He's we like, don't really get to see him at all, but oh. except for a few points. And he's always like, Callum, you're going to lead them to what they want. Callum, you're going to lead them to what they want. Derail them as much as you can. And Callum's like, fuck you. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even want to be here. Like, no one wants to fucking be there, Callum. No, you're, you're literally cattle. You're in a farm. Yeah. So Callum gains the trust of one of the researchers who brought him in and is able to eventually break out, but not before showing them where the Apple of Eden is. Uh-huh. See, here's a point of here's a point of contingency. Assassin's Creed 1 through Revelation kind of beats us over the head with the Apple of Eden. Mm-hmm. Like Desmond, his entire family, Altair is the main assassin in Assassin's Creed 1. Right. That we mainly play as. His whole thing is the Apple of Eden. Guess what the main piece of Eden is in the, in the Ezio trilogy? I want to say Apple of Eden? Yes. <laughs> like, my fucking God. It wraps up really well 
Altair's perspective and his history and how his like Ezio's family is directly descended from Altair hmm. and how long his family has been serving as the heads of the assassins all the way up from fucking Jerusalem, which is where it where a lot of the main actions and events take place in Assassin's Creed One. Altair spends a lot of time of in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He, you know, gets the Apple of Eden, hides it away, Ezio finds it, hides it away, and then we jump suddenly from Renaissance Italy, which is Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelation, suddenly we're now in the American Revolution. The Assassin's Creed movie is supposed to be a point of connection between the two. Where, who sailed the ocean blue in 1492? I want to say... Christopher Columbus. I was going to say John. Yeah, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in the year 1492. And that's important. Fuck fuck Christopher Columbus. Yeah, fuck him. Side note. Fuck (laughs) you. Side note, note, fuck that asshole. Jesus Christ, go fuck yourself. Quote, unquote, the token historical figure that interacts with Aguilar. Now, historical figures in the entirety of the Assassin's Creed franchise are really fucking important. Yeah. From Benjamin Franklin chilling with him in a bar to See, that, fucking that Napoleon. Seems dope right there, I'd be down for that. Yeah, you get to meet Benjamin fucking Franklin in Assassin's Creed Three. Benjamin three. Franklin in some dirty bar. I feel like as a woman, I wouldn't have been super welcomed there, but <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> the, negatives of time, the negatives of time travel are very but real. Yeah, you know. Unity, though. A guy at Wendy's drive through the other day called me sir, so I think I would have been okay. Yeah, you would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> Historical figures fine. have always played a really heavy role. That does remind me of the uh, Ezio stuff where he does become BFF. He becomes BFS with Leonardo da Vinci. I love yeah, him. but you know, like IRL, they were definitely having sex. Oh my oh, god! Of course they were. This is Ezio. Ezio can't keep it in his pants. And neither can, neither the, can Da Vinci. <laughs> and it's the Renaissance. He could do anything. Yeah. Also, I do. I do love that stuff. Also, uh, uh, Rose, you, I remember from playing Assassin's Creed Two. There's one part. Where there's quick time events, and if you miss a yes! high five with no, Leonardo da Vinci, he, if, you, if you miss that, he's just like so heartbroken. I missed that quick time event. The first I did too. Time I played it. I, I came. Didn't. My yeah. sweet bad. My my, my sweet cried. inventor boy was so I was disappointed. I mean, not to play Mario Party with you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We'll miss the high five every time. <laughs> I almost no. It's a hug. You give him a fucking hug because he's moving. You don't know as the player where he's moving to. But at the end of Assassin's Creed 2, you become best friends with Leonardo da Vinci. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm moving. He's in Florence, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's actually moving to Venice to do a lot more of his work. Right. And in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, one of the quick time events that you had to play through is helping Leonardo move from Florence to Venice. Hmm. Which helps you gain. I don't entrance. help anybody move. Also, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like I play you... video games to escape this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't help anyone move. No, but that's that helps you. The point. I'm just that... kidding. If you guys needed help, I would help you. But oh, thank you. Well, yes. I'm in my 30s see. now. I I buy, I buy movers at this point. <laughs> that's no, smart. Like that yeah. helps you gain access to Venice. 
right? So historical figures play massive roles in the franchise. So you help to help the player understand, you know, the historical context, how this person would have interacted with a historical figure of the time. Like, to me, if I were to meet Leonardo da Vinci on the street, that wouldn't fucking happen, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Today's standards, if he was a modern-day 21st century artist who fucking took off, we would not be seeing him. The likes of fucking, I don't know, Tom Hilston maybe might meet Leonardo da Vinci, but I wouldn't as a normal person. But... Christopher Columbus literally just pops up at the end of the film. Hi, my name is Aguilar. I know you're a friend of the assassins. Take this really fucking specific piece of Eden, the apple of Eden. Did they try to do it like as like the big reveal? Or is no, it just like I popped up? It, it's like, it's hey guys. It's literally just a pop up. Like Aguilar, after going through all his shit, goes right up to Christopher Columbus, mm -hmm. gives him the apple of Eden and says, take this wherever your travels may take you and then that so so is that the end of the movie no that's not thank so, god it's not so aguilar gave christopher columbus this item that is really people. fucking important and here's the thing in the video games in assassin's creed one two brotherhood and revelation you actually get to use the apple of eden mm -hmm. you actually use the apple of eden the the movie no one uses it so no one, no one in the audience, except if you played the games, actually knows what the fuck the Apple of Eden does. Aside from, oh, it influences you in your mind. No! It actually does really cool shit! I have a very general question about Assassin's Creed as a mm -hmm. franchise. Uh, do you think it would be better or worse if you just cut out all the bullshit of modern day and remembering all this? No. No? Absolutely not, because that is... There are three storylines for Assassin's Creed. The overall, like, really big Templars versus Assassins, mm -hmm. which dates farther back than the Third Crusade. In Assassin's Creed 1, it's, it takes place during the Third Crusade, because you were specifically in the Middle East. And some of the uh, side characters actually reference, is, like, the, the English king. Or reference other historical if figures. If I may interject right, but... for a moment, I feel like the only thing that you're talking about the tech stuff specifically yeah no, like yeah i feel like miles. i feel like no, all no. that does is give the production team the ability to jump around and do whatever they want yeah i'm just curious because though like... Have, like hold on the the second one is the modern day because you have miles you have the modern day assassins and their struggles mm -hmm. with everything and then you have the historical like the ancestors you know reliving their memories I think if you take out the modern day stuff, you kind of lose something that really sets us up. I'm going to be honest apart. with you. I skip all that shit in the game. I skip all of it. I don't watch yeah. any of it. I don't. I skip it. I don't watch it. And I feel like your average player that plays these games doesn't watch it. And the main pull of all these games really is just like being in that historical event. 100%. And the, so the to the point accurate where we, cities running through them, the freedom, the exploration. And so that's the, what people like about the game. And so to the oh, point yeah. of just being like this guy who's playing a guy in another game, it just kind of feels a little redundant and just feels like a yeah, oh, gateway have, to like what I really want out of this game. If you actually pay attention for the players like me who actually pays attention to the modern day setting though. Right. He, Miles, Miles is a shit character when you first meet him. He Both. can't. He literally can't do anything. But through 
Altair and through Ezio specifically, he learns how to be a fucking assassin. So the impact, so it really shows the impact of being in the Animus. It shows the impact of reliving your ancestors' memories. Because, like, well, Altair... What Brody, what Brody is saying, though, is like... The impact would not exist if you took away the animus. Like, the story would still be impactful because you'd still be going through, like, the but journey with out- Ezio. But if you took out every other aspect of, like, your modern-day character who has lineage in common with the assassin that you're playing from that time period, it, um, it, it you still get... Um, all the meat and potatoes of the game just without, it's just an exposition. And yeah. I guess what Brody is saying, is it, is it important or isn't it? And I, I'm going to say it's not. Well, let me Like, just, it's not for, for me, but for someone like Rose, it's super important. Well, let me it just is. propose Don't this. Don't roll your eyes at me yet. No, I I'm thought, not. No, she was rolling her eyes at me because it does show, because Miles actually does play, like, in later games because you've only played a few of them in Revelation and in Assassin's Creed three miles gets a bit more of uh i don't know a highlight he gets more camera time he has like play time yeah like kind of you actually have a character arc and that's something that really sets the assassin's creed series apart from other video games and movies for me right it's the idea that you need this person to relive Oh, we have to let Gertie out. Gertie's crying. You got it, Brody? I got it. Sorry, my chair's not on. Because we don't have any of the original characters, but it fits within a lore perspective. But that, like, literally is a recurring trend of everything that we've discussed today. And I I don't think we're ever going to get that truly in a video game movie because I, 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 I... you know, like it can't be a hundred percent. They're no, we got it in Tomb Raider. We mentioned Tomb Raider. I will say we, we got vaguely, it. We we got it in Tomb Raider. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Because Laura Croft. I mean, <laughs> what other characters in Tomb Raider do you miss? <laughs> like, let's yeah, be really. honest here. <laughs> I've seen a few of the Angelina Jolie Lee ones. They're fine. <laughs> Enough. I was Mario. Hold on, Mario. We got Mario. We got Mario, and we, we were just talking about like video game cast members, and we just very we'll be remiss if we didn't talk about the new Mario game, not not Mario, Mario game, Mario movie. movie coming out, and the cast list was released, and everyone kind of went wild over it. How can you not? How so, can you not run it? Run us through it, bro. Just a it's li- majestic. Just just to run through this real quick. Uh, Mario himself, Chris Pratt, which a lot of people considered very controversial, but I really just got to see it for myself. I agree with that. Uh, Luigi as Charlie Day. I'm 100% for that. I am too. I, I, I think it's perfect casting. Um, Charlie Day can play frightened yet confident all at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. I like her, but I just haven't seen enough, like, voice acting from her. Um, Kaylin really... Olsen should have been Princess Peach, and I think this is ageism, like, all the way around. <laughs> I will say, Anna Taylor-Joy looks like she could play a live-action Princess Peach. Oh, I think she, that, she's wonderful. I think she's that that's what motivated talented. things pretty yeah, well. Yeah, she's supremely talented. Uh, Bowser, Jack Black. I'm so down for that. I'm a huge yeah. Jack Black fan. You know what? This is like something that's really sad that I've noticed through all this. Uh, there's a lot of musicians. How You're many putting so- Jack Black in that category. They're putting well. Jack yeah. Black. Jack Black, Chris Pratt, and Charlie Day are all very musically talented. Are they going to have songs? 
Oh my god, that would be majestic. There, I, I don't want songs. I don't want I don't want Mario songs. I, I want No, that's a I dark path one. we don't need to go down as a culture. I want one. I want one song no. and it better it better be in Japanese. I better be seeing seeing American actors trying to sing in Japanese. Oh, you weep. you know that's not going to happen. It would be a huge scandal. That's not going to happen. They would no. get accused of cultural appropriation. Chris, people are already mad at Chris Pratt for not being Italian. If you <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris Pratt being a fake Italian singing a Japanese song might kill the world. Yeah, we've also got uh, Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect casting. Yeah, he's he he does he has done like a lot of voice acting stuff. He was also in the um, the Dark Crystal thing as one of the Skeksis, and I think like if he does that voice for it, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, that casting. Dark Crystal. The newer one, the series they made. Oh, I didn't see the series. That's, okay. It's worth checking out. Especially if like you really just want like something that's like good effects and stuff like that, because okay. they really nailed it on that. Continue. I trust you. And we've also got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yes! Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have maybe found someone better, but honestly, like I really Seth just enjoy Rogen. Seth Rogen. If so you wanted I'm fine to pick, if you wanted to pick Donkey Kong as like a chill dude, which I'm all 100 percent for, it it's got to be Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah, Stoner Bro, Donkey Kong. I hope they have him make pottery also. Wait, is Diddy Kong? No, but Cranky Kong is played. Aww. But Cranky Kong played by Fred Armisen, which I can only imagine is going to be like the Fred Armisen can man. do anything. <laughs> he, honestly, yeah, he he really yeah, can. Hold on, for people who don't know him by name, give me a refresher. Saturday Night Live in Portlandia. He's a wacky fellow with like glasses on. He's he a looks- musician too. Oh, Brody just shoved his. Okay, I know him. Just mm-hmm. shoves his phone in my face to show me the picture. I, was, yeah, I, I just like inches away, like here. Yeah, <laughs> you know this person. Look at Fred. <laughs> but yeah, Fred Armisen. I can imagine that being like because Cranky Kong's whole shtick is that he's like an old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a little cranky man. And the ones that I don't recognize from the Mario universe, uh, we got Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek. Uh, not K- familiar either k-a-m-e-k and sebastian maniscalco Manis- maniscalco thank you i don't know italian uh sebastian maniscalco <laughs> as foreman spike who ac- i think actually is a character in the 1993 mario movie. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not verified it's it not verified but koopa does have a cousin he has two cousins who are like the goons yeah, chasing them, and one of them's yeah, name is Spike. Spike yeah. So if not like the same, then they definitely like the same inspiration. I so. think taking uh doing a Mario franchise, and then and obviously this is from uh, Sonic doing well, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I mean, I love Ben Schwartz, but let's be honest, it's about Jim so Carrey. Wonderful. Jim Carrey, one hundred percent, Doctor Robotnik. Um, I think taking it uh, and doing the CGI animation cartoons of it is like. A really good idea. Yeah. I think like, it's a really good idea. Like, I, I can understand writing off the success of uh, another movie like Sonic. Like, Sonic did really well. But I really want to ask a question, though. If you wanted to do reintroduce the Mario franchise, and we've talked about this off camera, personally, why wouldn't you do Luigi's Haunted Mansion? Especially since Luigi's Haunted Mansion 3 just was a more recent release for the video game. 
But like, no, but if, like assuming that they're gonna do this and they have plenty of room for sequels because people are gonna probably bring their oh, kids. Oh, maybe to all this. do like a ha- Luigi's Haunted Mansion would be a far better reintroduction to the audience. I think it would be a better. I think it would be a better mini series actually. Not like, a, not like a movie. I would imagine that like being Plus on their mansion. docket if they want like sequels hmm. for this. Yeah, but like. It just begs the question, yes, the casting is great, so you can land great actors. It's, some are great. Some are gr- some are better some than are, others. Some I'm hot and cold some, on. Some, I, are, some are better than some are better than I just others. when I see Mario, I don't hear Chris Pratt's voice coming I out. hear Bob Hoskins. No, no, no. That's just stuck in my brain now. Like okay, that. so hear me out. Um we've had this discussion earlier, but um I'll bring him up again. Our boy Danny DeVito. Yes. As Mario? Oh. Uh, no. As Waluigi? Oh. <laughs> Waluigi. Oh, my no, God. No, Wario. Would... My bad. Wario. I was thinking... Wario. I was thinking Wario, but I said Waluigi. Yeah. Um, Wario would be amazing. Andy Dick can be Waluigi. <laughs> and, Andy Dick is Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Uh, well, uh, since we're already doing it, I, I have to ask um, hypothetical castings for your own video game movies. Okay. And you, what's your what video game? Not necessarily your favorite, but what video game do you think would translate beautifully to film, and who would you cast in it? I I started this off by like asking the question of Luigi's Haunted Mansion because we're talking about the co- like current casting of mm-hmm. you know Mario. Mine would be Luigi's Mansion or Bioshock. Quite honestly, Bioshock could be interesting. Bioshock Tom would Hardy be- would be a good protagonist for Bioshock, actually. Now you're like on a- board with me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Now the tables yes. have turned. No, yes. Why must you? Know? I'm not. I'm not on board. Kingdom Hearts, though, would okay. be phenomenal. That as- would be that would be a legal nightmare to have so many no, Disney wait, movies come like, back Disney- together. I, I really do feel like if you wanted to do Kingdom Hearts 1, which would be an amazing movie in and of itself. I want to think that like the pacing would be off and it might be better as like a mini series. You know, like one, ep- one, level, one level each episode. I mean, that's what they're doing with Percy Jackson, but that's a whole other... We'll get to that later. Oh, we have a deep dive, real deep dive into that one. I have a video game that I'm extremely fond of that I know would translate perfectly to a two and a half hour time slot, and Mm. that is Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, it would be epic as fuck. It would be it would be exactly what everybody wanted. It's like a more nature driven Transformers uh, in a dystopian future or past. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would absolutely cast Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones, Egret mm-hmm. as Alloy, who was for the Game of Thrones fans the uh, the the wildling that uh, Jon Snow fell in love with, the redhead one that had, that he had sex with in a cave and then married in real life. Um, what? Yeah, have you've you never what? seen you've no. never seen Game of Thrones. Holy shit! Oh, they have cave sex. Yeah, they have cave sex. They talk about it too. Um, and I think the only other character I think I need to mention that would have notable casting would be Roast. And I would honestly do like I could see like a Javier Bardem kind of guy. What does Roast his name? So he's like her father figure at the beginning of the game. Oh, like the adoptive guy. Ga- exactly. Thing. That takes takes her in and teaches her all. It's the tutorial section of the game. It's her father. Yeah. 
It's her father. So I would say like Javier Bardem would be good. And like for some reason, like I feel like John C. Riley would be good too. Maybe mm. he's not as like gruff as he would need to be. But I feel like that John C. Riley can do anything. John C. Riley is underrated in terms of like dramatic performances. I agree entirely. And he can do them both. I, I think it was only a few years apart when he did Step Brothers and Gangs of New York. I would have to double check the dates, but... That's interesting. Yeah, and he's fantastic in both of them. I also have a theoretical idea I want to talk about. Have you all played the games uh, Infamous? Yeah. No. Yes, no. I have. Uh, so it's, Rose, you would really love them. It's it's like a gritty, like superhero PlayStation-y kind oh, of thing. I do love Injustice. Oh, well. So you, give me the beat. It's nothing yeah. like Injustice. It's, not, it's, it's, it's very much its own animal. And the main character, his name is Cole McGrath, and he <laughs> kind of... He's kind of like awakened like a mutation in him that gives him electrical powers. It's it, You would like it a lot. But my guy who I thought would be like really good for this, uh, I just remember him from uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw or whatever that yes! is. Uh, Hobbs and Jason Statham. As just like... <laughs> It's just like that somewhat older, seen some shit, really over everything he's doing, even though he's carrying it out with like expertise. Yeah. Yeah, you can put Jason Statham in anything. He's in he's been he's been in action, he can do all that. And just putting him in like a dark gritty environment with superpowers, I I would I would love that. Yeah. Or what about the guy who did was it Bruce Willis who did Unbreakable? Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, uh, he's too old and too big. I think the real he's character... He's too old. Like, if you... 20, 20, 30 years ago, yeah. Like, I mean, even, nah, like, as, even though I suggested no. him, like, Jason State actually no. is a lot, a lot older they than have how totally, he is in the game. They have totally different vibes. Okay. Yeah. Like, Bruce Willis is kind of like daddy. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Daddy. Oddly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not who I envision in that kind of role. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like who are like because like a lot of video games are like the tough grizzled protagonist guy, and there's a lot of movies that also have that sort of uh, typecasting. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I just really think like a Horizon Zero Dawn movie would be so fucking. Bomb. I mean, if nothing else, just like let's get Michael Bay in on it. He no, really, like you could. It does the 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 story is there. It does not have to be fiddled with. I don't care what you say in between, but. These mecha animals that exist and reproduce naturally. I mean, come on. Yeah, and there's also like some character moments in there too. Oh, the the, the character moments are wonderful. I mean, it's it's like one of the best games I've played. Oh, since The Last of Us. I was about to say The Last of Us. Yeah. Also, hypothetical casting. Mm -hmm. I really want to do Until Dawn. Okay. I would love to What do you to mean see... hypothetically cast Until Dawn? They're all real people. It's Hayden Pinnitier, like Rami Malek. Like they're it already got... casted. <laughs> it's Get already a movie. back to do a, like an actual Until Dawn movie where either one survives and they, the rest of them die or they all survive and, and like the Windico dies. You know... <sighs> That that's not gonna happen. I, I really I really think it's truly amazing that they even got Rami Malik to do that movie as early as they did. Like let's be honest here. Oh, yeah. Um I, I purchased the game simply because you guys know I love horror, but I was like, ooh, Hayden Panettiere slasher game. I'm down. Like early two thousands, young Jessica, you know, who didn't love heroes, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. I've only seen like two episodes oh, and really? I think it was just like over me. The know? first two seasons are good. Okay. Yeah, watch the first two seasons, anything after that. Like, but I also heard like it ends on like a cliffhanger that's like stupid. What's Heroes? 
It's just people it's find super, out it's, it, they, uh, people all over the world to find out they have superpowers, and it's about their stories and how they interconnect. And there's it's all there's always like oh we have to save the world something there's some it's like very Doomsday event uh, yeah okay. it's very character drama it um, Hayden Panettiere in particular plays a cheerleader save the cheerleader save the world who um, yeah. uh, cannot die she has regenerative properties yeah. like she um there's there's a great scene of her and her friend like after school um filming her like jumping off of like really high scaffoldings and stuff and her breaking her leg and snapping it back together and healing it i have also like one and this is not a joke it's a real casting for a video game movie in development i heard this from bobby lee on his podcast have you i all... love bobby lee he's so great he's so great cute guy yeah have you seen uh you all played borderlands right love borderlands yes oh my god well actually wait, i only wait. like tales doing, from the borderlands are they doing a borderlands movie yeah and they have someone who's, i swear to god they have someone like cast as roland <gasps> who would you imagine would be cast as roland Mm-mm. i don't know Mm-mm. who's claptrap I don't know that. Is I it only, Andy Dick? I only. <laughs> that would yeah. work. That would. Yeah. <laughs> Roland, the soldier from Borderlands, who's like this tough guy, action hero, highly disciplined, militaristic. Played. Oh, I wish. <laughs> played by Kevin Hart. <gasps> yes. Really? Yeah. You don't think that's that's, that's, that's no! such a mixed tone? No. Of like a tiny funny man being this hey, military you know, guy. That's very true. More importantly, Kate Blanchett is <laughs> Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I just read it. Oh, that's beautiful. That is yeah. perfect. Yeah, sure. Um, real quick, I just know we've only given like honorable mentions. Let's just all just do one more each of like if oh. recommended video game movie. For better or worse, something someone should watch. What do we think like the best one is that we discussed today? Or just like general like one, two, three, this is what what you're all all about. Like if you want like one person to watch this. I think one that's currently out, um, Detective Pikachu, absolutely. But okay. if you want to watch something spooky, Halloween um, should have just passed, but the Silent Hill movie is truly wonderful. Mm, it's hard because I really, I love the Assassin's Creed games. Right. But you can skip the movie, so I'm actually going to go in a completely different direction and say Hitman. Hitman's interesting. Is it really like, is like, uh, I've never played the game, never seen the movie, I've never seen the movie. That's all about what we have to say. <laughs> Bye. Thanks I'm, for listening. Yep. Yeah, I'm Brody. I'm Jess. Grandma. And again, thank you for listening. Yeah, see you next time. Peace. <laughs>